Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Seminoles podcast, your daily source of information for Florida State football. I'm Wayne McGahey, the third Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. And this is the very first Sunday episode of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. We're switching things up a little bit to, uh, you know, give a, a quicker reaction to Florida State's 38-17 win over Wake Forest on Saturday. So I hope you guys like this if you uh, if you prefer this format and uh, please make sure to uh, to comment or send me an email. Um, but I cover Florida State football, baseball, basketball, recruiting. I've been in this role since August of 2016 after working for NoldDigest.com on the Scout Network for two years. And I cover every home football game, every away football game, every bowl game, every time Willie Taggart speaks, every time a player speaks, every time there's an open practice, I'm there. Um, so I have a pretty good idea of what's going around on around the Florida State football program. I also cover every basketball home game as well as any postseason basketball games. I was out in Nashville and Los Angeles for Florida State's Elite Eight run this past year. Baseball, I cover every baseball home game as well as any postseason baseball games. I was out in Omaha two years ago for Florida State's run in the College World Series. And I also cover every major and minor recruiting event that Florida State has. So... I have a pretty good idea of what's going on around the Florida State program and the three major sports. But this is, we're going to jump right into it. This is going to be all about the Florida State Florida State's win over Wake Forest on Saturday. We're going I'm going to break down what I saw in that game, some players that I thought played well, some players that I thought need to step it up and then we're going to talk a little bit about um, what Willie Taggart and the coaching and the coaches and the players had to say after the game. But Florida State, it it started off bad, right? Florida State fell behind ten nothing. The defense wasn't getting lined up properly. DeAndre Francois was struggling to make the correct reads. They it looked like the same old story from Florida State, and then things got clicking. Things started working. And it was from that point on when Florida State went uh, went down ten to nothing. They outscored Wake Forest thirty eight to seven, and Wake Forest's only touchdown in the over the final I think uh, twelve drives that they had were uh, was in garbage time against a second team defense. So Florida State from that point on really turned it on, and there was a lot to like about what what we saw from Florida State's uh, performance. Wake Forest ran hundred and four plays, so. The defense was on the field a lot, but Wake only averaged 3.2 yards per play. Uh, the defense really stepped up. They After the first quarter, Florida State gave up less yards over the final three quarters than they did in the first quarter. It was um, it was very impressive. They gave up 1.9 yards per, uh, per rush and only .3 yards per rush in the second half. That's impressive. That is really impressive. They gave up less than a half a yard per run in the second half. So Florida State really got after it on defense after that. Uh, the first three drives where um, where Wake put up uh, 190 yards on 31 plays. Or not 100, I'm sorry, uh, 130, uh, 34 yards on on 31 plays. So Florida State, uh, Florida State's defense got it going. They stopped. Basically they, what happened was Florida State wasn't getting lined up properly because they were trying to substitute and keep the defense fresh because of the tempo. And instead of substituting, they just started letting the guys play, staying in, and they were able to get lined up. And basically, Wake's uh, Wake's advantage went away after that point. So 
<clears throat> it was it was a really strong performance by the defense, particularly the defensive line. Uh, there were a couple guys that stood out. I'll get into a couple of those guys on my players that played well in the second segment of this podcast. Uh, switching over to the offensive side of the ball, Florida State finally found a run game. Right? We I, I talked about on Friday and you know a couple times uh, last week that this was the game. If Florida State was going to find a way to get the run game going, this was going to be the game. And it they didn't get it going until really the third quarter the you know the Florida State kind of str- struggled a little bit to run in the uh, in the first half it wasn't it wasn't particularly great um Florida State averaged 2.2 yards per rush and only had 38 rushing yards but then Cam Akers hit two big plays in at, on the very first drive of the second half and he uh he had a 17-yard run and a 58-yard touchdown run the the 58-yard touchdown run was was very impressive and much needed for him. I'll get into that in a minute. But the 17-yard run was was at least for me was a, was more impressive. Akers broke three tackles, made some moves, found the hole, was patient, and it, it's really it, that play shows how different he is as a running back from what he was at the beginning of the season. We all know how much he uh, how well he played last year. He broke Dalvin Cook's freshman ruck, uh, rushing record. Uh, with 100 uh, with 1024 yards last season but this season it's been a it's been a major struggle he struggled with the the blocking schemes and being patient and running north south and not trying to hit that big play but he's come a long way from from that first game in the season that he, he that 17 yard rush was was a big step forward for him and then he took it the next step and ran for ran for 58 yards in the touchdown he broke a he broke an arm tackle at the line of scrimmage and then was off to the races outrunning the Wake Forest defenders to the end zone it was a much needed touchdown it was <laughs> I mean I can't even say how much Florida State and Akers needed that that jolt in the run game and you could see how much after the after the play that it meant I mean everybody went over there to celebrate with him Willie Taggart was clearly fired up on the sidelines uh wide receivers coach david kelly pulled him aside and was talking to him just praising him and everybody was excited for him and they should be he's a guy that had had really struggled and he, he didn't really lose confidence but he'd been demoted he didn't start he hasn't started the past two games but he ended up with 98 rushing yards on 13 carries two touchdowns and averaged 7.5 yards per carry uh, he only had two negative runs the entire game and didn't have a single one through the first, uh, I believe it was the first 42 minutes of the game. So th- he was he was getting north-south. He wasn't trying to do too much. And when he got the opportunity, he made the most of it. <clears throat> and that's something that Florida State hasn't had this year. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the best rushing performance. Jacques Patrick had 11 carries for 21 yards and one touchdown. He only he averaged less than two yards per carry, but he ran hard. He had a couple of a uh, couple of runs come off the come off the board because of because of penalties and stuff like that. But it was it, it was fun to watch him. Uh, it was fun to watch him play. Uh, it's it fun to watch Akers play, but Jacquez Patrick had a couple of really nice runs where he he got upfield, he broke some tackles, he did what he's supposed to do, and then yeah, the, the, a couple of them just came off the board because of penalties. But you know, the, there were holes in the run game, and the running backs were taking advantage of it. Even though the numbers weren't great, I mean, they ran for 132 yards and 4.6 yards per carry, they had three touchdowns, but 
It was uh, is the first time all season that Florida State had run for over 100 yards against an ACC opponent. So is a big step forward for Florida State in the run game. And they're really going to need the run game to get going over the rest of the season because uh, Florida State's schedule does not get any easier. Clemson comes to town this week, and then it's back-to-back road games against NC State and Notre Dame before two home games against Boston College in Florida. All five of those teams are very good at stopping the run. So it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a struggle for Florida State to keep this momentum going. But you'd rather have the momentum than not have the momentum um, at this point. So Florida State, uh, the passing game, obviously Nyquan Murray had a great day. DJ Matthews had uh, had five receptions. Cam Akers got into it. Uh, Treshawn Harrison had three catches for 24 yards and touchdown. His his touch his 21 yard touchdown was a thing of beauty. He caught the ball, uh, made a move like Willie Taggart was seemed amazed at the move that he made um, to find his way into the end zone. It was basically he stopped on. He caught the ball, almost went out of bounds, regained his balance, pulled a half spin, and then juked a guy on the way to the end zone. It was a really impressive play from the true freshman. So, you know. Tight ends, Nasir Upshur got his first two catches. Keyshawn Helton got his first two catches. It was um, it was an overall really good day for the Florida State offense, despite the struggles on the first couple drives. It was a it was a really really nice performance for Florida State. They averaged six point nine yards per play, and um, it, I mean it was just it was an overall solid performance from Florida State. You can't really say anything other than that. In the next segment, we're going to talk about the players that played well, some players that didn't particularly play well, and then we'll close it out with some more uh, some more thoughts on the game and what what coaches and players had to say after the game. But before we get into that, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on the Knolls. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to, and you can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on, all capitalized, no spaces, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, so make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into the second segment. We're going to start off talking about, uh, we're going to go back and forth. I'm going to do one player that played well, a player that I thought didn't particularly play well, and we're going to go through that uh, in this segment. Um, the player, One of the players that, uh, the first player that comes to mind when we talk about how well they played was defensive end Brian Burns. Man, he was a nightmare for uh, for Wake, the Wake Forest offensive line. He created pressure. I mean, they were conscious of where he was on the field at all times, and he still managed to make plays. His fourth down sack really turned the tide of the game for the Florida State defense. Um, you know, the defense had been reeling up to that point. It got Florida State the ball back. They were able to turn it into a touch. The offense was able to turn it into a touchdown on the next drive, and it really got Florida State going in the game on both sides of the ball. So it was a... Uh, it was a really solid performance from Brian Burns. He now has nine sacks. That's second in all of college football. He's now tied for seventh all-time on Florida State's sacks list with uh, with 23. No, 24. 
with 24. So he's, uh, you know, he's obviously having a stellar year for Florida State, and he's only gotten better. I mean, he's getting better every single week, and we're seeing just how just how much of an impact he can have on the game because he really turned the game uh, on its head. He, he played he played very well. Um, we're going to stick on the defensive side of the ball with a guy that I didn't think played well, and that's Levante Taylor. Uh, Taylor had a couple good games back-to-back and then really, really struggled, uh, especially in the first quarter against Wake Forest. He was he was picked on a little bit and ended up getting, uh, getting removed from the game um, on that first drive. He came back and he played all right, but he ha- he clearly isn't the lockdown corner that he was last year. He's he's struggling a little bit, and Florida State needs him to be much better than he has been, especially the way he played against in the first quarter against Wake Forest. He was not very good. Um, going to stick uh, stick on the defensive side of the ball uh, again. I mean, outside of the first three drives, Florida State's defense absolutely shut Wake Forest down. So there's a lot of defensive players that that I want to mention. Um, but Janarius Robinson, I mean, what, what a story his, uh, you know, he lost his house and his family lost multiple houses in hurricane Michael in Panama city. And he came out and had a career high six tackles. He had a tackle for loss and he did a lot of things that we really haven't seen of him before. He, um, the biggest knock on Janarius when he arrived at Florida State, he had all the physical tools, but he was an extremely raw player that didn't really understand the technique of the game. And I watched him, uh, you know, I was, I was watching, when I rewatched the game, I watched him hit this spin move on, on the, um, the Wake Forest offensive tackle and get to the quarterback. He didn't get the sack, but he put the pressure on him. And it was something that we, you know, he, he really hasn't shown so far, his, his mastery of the technique and, yeah, he's continuing to improve. It was a really nice sight for him. And obviously, with everything that went on over the past couple weeks for him and his family, it was really nice for him to come out and have a big game. It was, uh, it was, re- it was really good to see. And then going to a player that, that didn't play well, and that's offensive guard Mike Arnold. Arnold, out of all the starters, was, was the weakest link for Florida State's offensive line. Um, he was benched in the first quarter. He came back into the game, but he was benched for, for center Bavion Johnson, who came into the game at right guard. And yeah, he just, he, he, he struggles. He's, he's not a great pass blocker. He's not quick. He moves slow. And, it, um, you know, his play cost Florida state, a, you know, a, a, a couple tackles for loss. And I believe a sack in the game or not a sack of, they didn't, Florida state didn't give up a sack. He gave up a, a couple pressures. Um, but Mike Arnold continues to struggle. He continues to be the weakest link on the Florida State offensive line. Uh, with with regards to the starters, Jawan Williams came in for a couple plays when Brady Scott went out and was absolutely uh, awful. Um, he took a touchdown off the board by grabbing the back of a dude's jersey and pulling. I mean, it was the most blatant hold in the history of holding. It was, I mean, it was. It doesn't get any more blatant than that. He actually like grabbed the back of the dude's jersey and stretched it about a yard um, on the defensive the defensive end that was trying to get to to DeAndre, and it took a touchdown off the board for Florida State on that drive. But Florida State's gonna Florida State's offensive line as a whole got what played pretty well, um, but Mike Arnold and then Juwan Williams when when he was in the game did not play well. Um, another guy we talked about. 
played played extremely well as Cam Akers. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, wanted to mention him again because it was just such a a really good performance from him. You know, he he took what the defense gave him and then finally broke out. Nyquan Murray as well had a really good game. He had eight receptions, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Um, you know, he he made some big time catches for Florida State in big time situations. The his touchdown pass was a 33 yard touchdown pass on fourth and three, where you know Florida State's uh, Keith Gavin took in. They were running a Gavin ran a ran a post route and he took the the corner and the safety with him, leaving leaving Nyquan wide open. Um, it wasn't the best throw on a wide open receiver, but you know, it got there, and uh, Murray was able to stay in bounds long enough to pass the goal line. So it was a really nice play overall from him. He made a couple of really nice plays. And then a player that it looked like he was about to have a huge play, and then he screwed it up. And it that was Keith Gavin. Gavin had a 49-yard reception, fumbled into the back of the end zone. It was recovered by Wake Forest. Florida State ended up turning it to... Turning, getting a turnover right after on an Asante Samuel pass breakup that landed in the hands of Stanford Samuels. It was returned inside the 10-yard the line, and Florida State punched it in um, following that play. But Gavin, you know, he, he made a big-time catch in, in the first quarter to extend the drive on third down, and then he looked like he was going to make a, a big play. It was a 49-yard catch, and then he was dragged down, and he had the ball in the wrong hand, and he fumbled. And the ball went into the back of the end zone. So instead of Florida State ball inside the ten, it was Wake Forest ball at the twenty. Um, you know, it's that's basically what Gavin's career has been. It's been he makes good plays and then he's completely inconsistent and does something wrong and screws it up. And hey, you know, it's. I thought you know I I still think he's going to have a nice second half, but. Man, that that's a rough play. That's a rough play to make. He's gonna have to bounce back from that. Um, and w- another guy on defense that really hasn't made an impact this season that I thought had a had a couple flash plays, and that's Emmett Rice. He had the sack. He also had another. Uh, he he had another play where he came flying in on the quarterback and forced him out of the pocket. It, it was a really nice play, and it showed that he's starting to get back to the point to where he can play football again. He uh, he tore his ACL against Southern Miss in the Ind- Independence Bowl uh, last December, and he's already back playing. He hasn't been 100%, but he's starting to get there. And when he does, I think he's going to find a way to move into the starting lineup because he he does have the athletic ability to, to play very well in this scheme. And uh, he's slightly crazy. And uh, he, he he's just he really he, he's a fun player to watch. So hopefully he'll be able to get back and um, 100% from that injury and start making more of an impact because th- there were flashes of it yesterday. But we're going to talk a little bit um, more about the uh, about the game in the third segment and what Willie Taggart and the players had to say um, say after the game before we get to the final segment. Are you sick and tired of paying for 20 channels you never watch when you just want to see Florida State win? You've got to give Sling TV a try. It gives you the best live TV you love, only better. For $30 a month, you get ESPN, Pac-12, the SEC Network. It'll probably include the ACC Network once that comes out next year. 
and there's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. Stream on your big big screen and all your favorite devices. So sign up for Sling TV and get your seven-day free trial. Locked on listeners can get their seven-day free trial growing by going to sling.com forward slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's sling.com forward slash locked on. So make sure you give Sling TV a try so you don't miss out on the next big game. Thanks for sticking with me for the final segment of this Locked On Seminoles podcast. I really appreciate all your support, and I hope you're, uh, I hope you're enjoying this uh, this particular podcast. We're going to jump uh, right back into it and talk about Florida State's uh, Florida State's performance and what Willie Taggart and the coaching staff had to say after the game. And yeah, you know, a lot of the focus after the game was on the adjustments made by the defense because. The, there, there weren't. It, it wasn't very many adjustments, but it was getting back to the getting back to the basics, making things simpler. It, it was all you know. It, during the off season, Harlan Barnett had talked about playing simple, playing fast, and playing hard. When Florida State doesn't play simple, it struggles. When there's too much on on the defense's plate, they struggle. When they go back to the basics. And just go out and play football. This defense is really, really good. And instead of having to, you know, wait a couple drives to see that, I would like to see Florida State, you know, maybe do that from the beginning. Don't put too much on them. Go out and play base defense and let Florida State's athletes, which are all over the field, play ball. Um, that was what we saw in the final three quarters of the game, and Florida State absolutely shut Wake Forest down. And then on the offensive side of the ball, yeah, I thought the play calling was good. I thought the offense ran, uh, did a very good job. DeAndre Francois outside of that first three drives obviously played well. Um, you know, he was 29 of 40 for 353 yards and two touchdowns. It was, you know, it was a solid performance for him. As far as throwing the ball goes, it was a great performance from him. Um, he made a couple of big time throws. I, I will say that, you know, the. His making the reads are still a pretty big issue for him. Um, he made a few that were, you know, just flat out wrong, um, and it cost Florida State some yards. But he also he, he got better as the game went on. It's something that he seems to do. He seems to get better at making the reads as the game games go on. But he needs to he needs to start making them at the beginning of the game. It's basically Florida State just needs to play better at the beginning of games. The only game that they they've played well from, you know, at the beginning of the game was Miami and then they didn't play well in the second half. Um but it was easily the best game Florida State's played this season. There was a lot to like about Florida State's performance. I understand that Wake has an awful defense, but you know, it it was it was a big step forward for the Florida State offense. Wake's offense wasn't, you know, wasn't very bad. They averaged 232 rushing yards per game, and Florida State, Florida State held them to 96. It was a, it was an awesome performance by the Florida State run defense. Um, you know, Sam Hartman was 22 of 46. It wasn't, you know, they, they threw the ball 54 times, ended up with uh, 273 yards. So it wasn't. You know, it wasn't exactly the best performance by the Wake Forest passing game, which was something that mentioned on the podcast that Florida State can make Wake Forest one-dimensional, which they pretty much did, even though they tried to run the football. It just didn't work. Um, they threw the ball 54 times, and 
it just uh, they, they completed less than 50% of their passes. So it was a, it was a really good performance overall from the Florida State Florida State uh, from Florida State overall, Florida State defense and the Florida State offense. Uh, DJ Matthews continues to be a weapon in special teams. Ricky Aguayo continues to be um, not great. He had the uh, he had a uh, uh, he hit a forty nine yard field goal and then missed a thirty nine. Basically, he can't kick from the left hash. If if Florida State's on fourth and five or less from the left hash, they need to go for it because he can't kick it. Um, that's that's where we stand right now with things. He's basically, if he's on the right hash or in the middle of the field, he's good. If he has to kick from the left left hash, it's better to uh, to try and go for it on fourth down because that's where he struggles from, and that's something that uh, really hasn't changed throughout the year. He's only completing or he's only converting seventy percent of his field goal tries this year, which is like ninetieth in the country. It's not it's not pretty. Uh, Logan Tyler had a, had a, an outstanding game. He was um, he was very good. He averaged forty four yards a punt. Yeah, you know, he had one inside the twenty. I mean, he didn't have to. He, he punted seven times and averaged forty four yards. That that'll do. You know, that's much better than what he has been. He didn't really outkick his coverage at any point. There wasn't any you know big time mistakes that that he made. It was it was good performance. Um, so. Overall, it was a very solid performance from Florida State. You have to like what you see now. The schedule gets really tough. Clemson comes to town. We'll be discussing Florida State and Clemson all week long on this podcast heading into uh, heading into the game on Saturday at noon. That game will be on ABC. That was announced late last night. So Florida State's, uh, Florida State's got a tall task of it ahead of it this week, but... They can uh, they can bask in this win for a little bit. They're now four and three, two and three in the ACC, and need two more wins to get to bowl to to a bowl game for the thirty seventh straight year. But that'll do it for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I really appreciate you guys listening. If you enjoyed this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast, please make sure to go to your favorite uh, podcast site, whatever you use, and like, follow. Um, share, do whatever you, you, you need to do to make sure that you know when this podcast comes out. Um, I think we're going to start running it Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then Sunday, and take off Wednesday and Saturday. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see. I'm going to have to talk to uh, the people at the Locked On Podcast Network and see how that can work. But I, I, I think I like this, uh, this format better. But I hope you, uh, you all enjoyed the game on Saturday, and I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Thank you.